The Accident Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Accident Mortgage, an equal housing lender, NMLS ID 255368, and Accident Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Accunet Mortgage. Welcome to the Accunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And a very pleasant Sunday morning, everyone. I'm Mark Sigrist, along with Acunet Mortgage and Acunet Realty Advisors, owner Brian Wickert, and Chief Millennial Loan Consultant David Wickert. Now, if you have a question or a comment, just give us a call or a text on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The number is 414-799-1620. Guys, I know you got another jam-packed show of helpful stuff this morning, so... Here you go. Let's get on with it. Huh? Well, I had the pleasure of appearing on the WBBM, that's the Chicago News Radio Station, uh, on their noon business hour program uh, last week, Monday, I think it was. And they wanted to do a, a segment on, well, you know, boy, the, the housing market is so tight. You know, how can we help? How can parents and grandparents help their first-time homebuyer relatives become a better buyer? You noted last week that, Milwaukee home sales are down 11%. What was it in Chicago? 7.2%. Okay. And it's a much bigger market. Right. So and that's in the nine-county Chicago area. Okay. So it's not, yeah, it's all over. Um, and and so th- I think the biggest misconception with uh, that gifting, well, actually, wait, I'm going to do this in reverse order, like, you know, the old David Letterman countdown. Okay, the number three in the worst way, I think that parents and grandparents can help is by co-signing on the note or the mortgage. David, why do I think that's a bad idea? Because then you have to qualify all of the parents' debts along with the kids' debts. Well, the reason I think it's that's a good point. Well, because then the parents on is totally on the hook for the kids paying back the loan. What parents and grandparents often don't realize is that they aren't then just half responsible for the monthly payment. Yep. They are jointly and severally liable, meaning they are 100% liable to pay back the mortgage. And then sometimes what has happened, I have seen this happen, is the kids don't make a payment or they get behind and they don't tell their parents. And all of a sudden, you know, the parents come to us and they want to refund it. And we go, you know, do you, do you know that you have like three mortgage lates? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, Johnny got behind on his mortgage payment. So that's why it's dangerous to co-sign. A lot of other people think that, um, co-signing will fix the primary borrower's bad credit. Nope. nope, nope. The mortgage is qualified based on the worst credit score among all the borrowers. You know, so it doesn't fix bad credit. It only fixes an income situation. So have I had people do it? Absolutely. Sure. Um, yeah, my opinion is if you're going to co-sign on, on, on the note, the promise to pay back the money, you probably want to be an owner because what fun is it to owe the money? Right without being an owner on the property. So those are the things to think about there. Now, the second thing, and this is the most common thing that we deal with every day of the week, is for the parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, give a gift. Give a gift to the uh, first-time home buyer. And I should also mention that first-time home buyers have an automatic advantage in today's market, what is it, David? They can put as little as three percent down. Well, I was thinking more of they don't have a house to buy, uh, to sell. Also that, so they never have to deal with that. Oh yeah, but I need to get rid of my old house issue. The most that they have to get rid of is a lease. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so uh, the the gifting is the number one way that parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles notice that I'm uh, rattling off 
relatives? Blood relatives. That's right. So no crowdfunding is allowed for gifts. No. And the only kind of friend it can come from is if that friend is actually a significant other, meaning they reside in the same property as you. That's one way to prove it. Or if you're kind of old-fashioned and you're not living together, uh, like an engagement announcement, you know, that shows that you are betrothed to one another, then that becomes uh, an allowable donor. Um, The other thing that I want to say about that is, well, if the if the donor is actually going to be on the loan, then it's not a gift. No. For our purposes. It's just, hey, you're just making part of your down payment. You know, you're chipping in. But sometimes even spouses or significant others have poor credit compared to the primary borrower. Mm-hmm. And if the primary borrower can afford on their own to purchase the property, well, then it would be a gift from a spouse yeah. or from that significant other. So that's allowed. So that's a big rule in mortgage lending is Sound- the gift. Sounds like the details matter. Sounds like the details matter, even when it comes to gifts. All right. And then the other biggest misconception when it comes to gifts, and I deal with this all the time, is the IRS's annual gift exclusion. I'm I'm on IRS.gov. Okay, yeah. So there's a beautiful pamphlet on that. Yes. And uh, and that I've just sent somebody this week who happened to hear my interview on WBBM, Spiro, who's a grandfather, Called up and said, I heard you talking about gifts on you know, WBBM. What's the scoop on that? Yeah. All right, so a lot of people carry around this incorrect information that if I give more than $15,000 to somebody in a gift, like yep. to help them buy a home, oh, I'm going to pay some outrageous gift tax or the donee, the person receiving the gift, is going to have to pay a big gift tax. And that is just not true uh, in like almost all circumstances. So the thing I should probably say is be sure to check with your tax advisor. Indeed. But did you know the outrageous lifetime gifting limit currently in effect until 2025 is, David? $11.18 million. Per person. Okay. So so the deal is if you give somebody $16,000. Yeah. The $15,000 covered by the annual gift exclusion. Every year. Every year. Yep. You don't have to tell anybody anything. By the way, gifts to charities. You don't have to report to the IRS. I mean, you do on your tax return if you want the deduction, but it doesn't count against your uh, gift limit. Also, gifts that you make to somebody, I learned this morning, brushing up on this topic for education or health care, don't count towards the lifetime or annual uh, gift exclusion. All right. So in the case of you you gave 16000 all you got to do is fill out a form and tell the IRS, hey, I gave $1,000 over my annual limit to my son. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving you $16,000, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Okay. And you got and 11 million more to go. There you go. You got you to gotta just report that to the IRS. All right. When we come back from this first break, I'm going to finish up on the gifting and then also talk about the number one thing that grandparents and parents can do to help their first-time home buyers when we come back. And you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. WTMJ and KTI Country fired up to share the greatest dessert in Wisconsin. Jeff Wagner and Karen DeLisandro are heading out, uh, handing out six packs of those famous cream puffs to the first 300 cars lining up for the Wisconsin State Fair in the parking lot starting at 6 a.m. Wednesday. It's Cream Puffalooza. Cream Puffalooza. Stop by for your chance to win. 
on WTMJ and KTI Country. All right, gentlemen, learning a lot of helpful information as it pertains to gifting, the do's and the don'ts. Yeah, how to help your first-time buyer uh, buy that house. Clearly, the number one obstacle to home buying is accumulating the money for a down payment and closing costs. Oh, yeah, there's more to it than just the down payment. There are closing costs. Truth. Uh, And so we're talking about gifts, and a lot of people think that there is a $15,000 limit on gifting, and that is the IRS's annual gift exclusion amount, meaning you you can give anybody you want $15,000, and you don't have to report it to the IRS. Now, the most common thing, I would say, is you have parents, mom and dad, who want to help out their son, let's say, and Mm daughter-in-law buy a home. So let's do the math. Remember, it's a one-to-one relationship, donor to donee. So dad can give the son 15000 Dad can give the daughter-in-law 15000 Mom can give the son fifteen, and mom can give the daughter-in-law fifteen. That adds up to 60000 American dollars yeah. that you can give in a calendar year without having to report anything to the IRS. So that's a mind-blower for a lot of people. Yeah. They go, well, I thought it was just 15000 Nope. Per person. Now the other thing is that if you wanted to give somebody a hundred grand, and I've seen it happen, yeah, the first sixty thousand dollars don't have to tell the IRS why, because it's part of the annual gift exclusion. The other forty thousand, I believe, you have to fill out form seven hundred nine. Just tell your accountant. Yeah, tell your accountant. Hey, I'm doing this, or tell your software. I'm sure TurboTax has this figured out, and you will you will be you know you'll be fine tallying up against your current eleven point one eight million dollar lifetime gift and estate tax exclusion. All right, so that's the gift story. Another thing that you just reminded me on the break, David, we do a lot of is when grandma or grandpa want to sell their home to their grandchildren mm-hmm. or parents want to sell a home to their son or daughter. Uh, and a lot of times they think the best thing to do is to give them a sweetheart deal on the price. Yep. But that's really not the best thing to do, in our opinion, in our from our viewpoint of the world, because then if they still have to make a down payment. Right. Oh, great. But what you can do is give a gift of equity. You yeah. set the price closer to the fair market value. You know, let's say the fair market value is uh, $200,000. And then you say, oh, you know what? I'm going to give a gift of $40,000 of equity. Oh, now your first-time home buyer has 20% down. Mm-hmm. Where did the 20% down come from? The gift of equity. Yep. So that is a much better execution for the buyer than uh, it is to just give them a sweetheart deal on the price because then they're going to end up with a smaller down payment, having to pay private mortgage insurance or a higher interest rate or some combination. So gift of equity, we have a lot of experience doing that. We are your experts. So the number one thing that uh, you can do uh, as a parent or grandparent, and we fortunately benefit from a ton of this, is you need to connect your first-time home buying son, granddaughter, nephew with some smart people. Uh, like a really smart loan consultant, because as you were saying before we started the show, so much of this depends on the knowledgeability of both the loan officer. Is that a word, we, knowledgeability? But okay, I know I, I don't think it is. I think I made that up. I think the knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Inventing words every Sunday. We got, we got all the words. Depends on on the skill set and knowledge of the mortgage expert, mm-hmm. and then also the buyer's agent when it comes to actually winning offers, that combination is critical. And so we get a lot of parents and grandparents who are either listeners to this show or just hear our regular radio, hopefully helpful radio ads, 
and or maybe they're past customers of Acunet, and they say, hey, you're going to be a first-time homebuyer? you got to call the guys at Acunet Mortgage and gals so that they can really tell you what's what. I got an email uh, from a f- friend of the company, a show, uh, because his son uh, was thinking, oh, i got to wait to buy a home until I accumulate a 20% down payment. So let's talk about that after this next break. And you're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. UWM Athletic Director Amanda Braun has been in her position now for five years. As we prepare for another academic year, she sits down with WTMJ's Doug Russell, and we invite you to hear that great conversation coming up at 11 o'clock right here on WTMJ Conversations. Uh, Brian and David learning a lot about gifting, how to help a loved one invest in property, but there's a right way, a wrong way, so many different ways to go about it. really boils down to getting some helpful advice from guys like you, right? That's right, and I think one of the uh, biggest misconceptions that first-time homebuyers carry around in their head because they only know what they know is, gee, I I thought I had to have a 5% down payment, or I've talked to people who think, well, I thought I had to have a 10% down payment. So uh, dealing with a knowledgeable loan company who has all the options we think is critical. Um, And I was talking about this. uh, He's actually a professor at a local university. We've we've done presentations to some of his business classes. And so he's got a son who is thinking, oh, man, I do not want to pay that evil private mortgage insurance. So I'm going to wait to buy a home until I have 20 percent down. Well, that can be extra costly because while you're waiting to accumulate, uh, you know, your down payment, home prices keep going up interest rates are you know now starting to go up Mm -hmm. so it can be very costly to wait and and so let's just dispel this and make sure everybody knows uh with no income restrictions or limits whatsoever the minimum down payment for a first-time buyer is three percent you can borrow up to four hundred and fifty three thousand one hundred dollars don't forget that one hundred dollars don't forget the one hundred on a 30-year fixed rate loan with just three percent down and here's a couple other cool things only if there are two buyers, only one of them has to be a first-time buyer. And, David, what's the definition of a first-time buyer when it comes to mortgage lending? Someone who has not owned a home in the last three years, That's 36 right. months. That's right. So so that qualifies a lot of people and a lot of first-time home buyers. Yeah. And just, by the way, you remember the uh, median price last month was 241000 So I cooked up some numbers for a $240,000 uh, home purchase price. If you had property taxes on that house of $4,800 a year, the first-time home buyer would have a monthly payment of $1,785. That includes principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. It's at an interest rate of 4.75 with an annual percentage rate of just 5.16. Why is there a difference between the rate and the annual percentage rate, young David? Quantifying the cost of the monthly PMI. That's right, and the $295 loan closing fee paid up front. So those two things together come make the APR a little bit higher than the annual percentage rate. Yep. So that ain't bad. Seventeen hundred eighty-five bucks to buy the median price house. You'd need three percent for the down payment, which is seventy-two hundred dollars. Could that come from a gift? That could come from a gift from only from a relative, blood relative, or a significant other. It can be by contract, relative by contract. Okay, you that's know, true. You know, marital contract. Marital contract. That's right. And then the total money you'd need to buy, according to our super duper. Uh, proprietary software mm-hmm. would be 10900 So that's an extra $3,700 over and above the down payment. 
And that goes for things like the first year of homeowner's insurance, uh, putting money aside for the property tax and, and insurance escrow accounts. So there's yep. money in the kitty when money has to come out, typically you know, at the end of the year and on the anniversary date of the sale. And, of course, those loan costs, which at low overhead acunate on this particular quote would be 1188 American dollars. Now, if you happen to have family income, uh, household income, and yeah, you're yeah. a two-person uh, household of $77,300, $77,300 or less in southeastern Wisconsin, ah, now you can have 0% down. Who knew that? That's called WIDA yeah. on their 30-year fixed rate WIDA loan. Even more if you have a dependent or two. That's right. If you have a child, or it's three-person, I looked it up, David, okay, it's $88,895, so that has an income limit. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, with and the, and the way we get to 0% down is we make you two loans, uh, first mortgage, and the rate at WIDA this week was 4.625%. That's for 97% of the purchase price, and then we make you a 3% 10-year fixed rate loan mm-hmm. uh, at the same interest rate. So the payment's going to be a little bit higher because you're borrowing more money. Only in the schnibble. In the schnibble. It's uh, $1,837. To show up with? Uh, the total money needed to buy. Remember, you're not making any down payment, but the total money needed to buy the median price home of $240,000 would be a whopping $4,300. Could that come from a gift, David? Yes, it could. And you could even strategically, I've had it, if you include a seller credit to yeah. cover those expenses, I've helped people buy who literally brought the lint in their pocket on a wheel. Ah, the old linty loan. Yes, and yes. a pen. And a pen. Lint and a pen. And your valid government ID. That's true. That's right. All right, so the point is, you only know what you know. Why not engage some smart folks, uh, you know, like the loan consultant team at Acunet Mortgage? Because we know what we're doing. Plus, you get me as the sidecar on any transaction <laughs> at AccuNet. That's like the shot of brand yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay, after the news, we are going to talk about the accelerator clause uh, that we are seeing used more and more and how to avoid stubbing your toe uh, when you're telling that seller, I will beat any other offer you get. That's what the accelerator clause is. We'll cover that after the news. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, getting a lot of helpful in, uh, information with regards to gifting, which allows you to help a loved one or family member to invest in real estate. Now we're moving on, guys, to the acceleration clause, which I find really interesting. That's right, or sometimes people call this the escalator clause. And the entire idea here is that in a tight market, like we have right now, where you know you're competing against other offers. This is being used quite frequently, especially on nicer properties where everybody knows there's going to be multiple offers. The accelerator clause, uh, in a nutshell, says, Mr. Seller, I'm making you an offer. I'm going to fill in some numbers here. I'm going to offer you $200,000 on your home. But know this, if you get a bona fide offer from someone else at a higher price than my $200,000 offer, I'll top it by a dollar, 500, you fill in the blank, a thousand bucks up to, then you typically put in a maximum, you know, up to $215,000. That's my top, you know, top number that I'm going to go to. Mm-hmm. So I'm offering you 200, but if you get a bona fide other offer, uh, I'll I'll beat that offer up to 215. So David, what is the drawback? Uh, the initial drawback of using a acceleration clause? Well, you're you're tipping your hand as to what 
you actually think the house is worth or the or what you're willing to pay. That's right. Yeah. So, in fact, the seller is not obligated to go by the rules of your accelerator clause, uh, which, by the way, let's talk about that. If they are going to play by that rule, then, interestingly, the real estate agents are prohibited from sharing that other bona fide offer uh, with another buyer strict confidentiality regulations mm -hmm. in Wisconsin. So when you typically see a well-drafted accelerator clause, it will provide for the seller, the person, the human being seller to provide a copy of that bona fide better offer to the individual offering the accelerator clause. Okay. So that has to be done directly, but there's nothing preventing the seller from just going, Oh, you're willing to pay 215. I got an idea. Here's a counter offer at 215. Pay me 215. Yeah. Now, then you'd really be in kind of a tough spot, mm -hmm. you know, as the buyer, because it's like, well, they didn't give me a competing. Am I going to say no? You know, and they don't have to tell you whether they have competing offers or not. So despite that danger, we are seeing it used uh, with increasing frequency. All right. Now, here's a question from the WRA, Wisconsin Realtors Association magazine article. Can after you go through this process. And you say, okay, yeah, here's the competing offer, and it's at 205 in my little example, right? I offer 200. I say I'll beat anybody by 1,000. Oh, they show me this bona fide offer at 205. So then I say, okay, then that means I'll give you 206. And they accept the offer. Is that the end of the story? Or might perhaps they be able to jack up the price even further? David, you did a little research. Uh, it depends if there is a time limit written into the accelerator clause. That is correct. So. If you don't have the sharpest buyer's agent or broker and they don't put a time limit on when these better bona fide offers have to be submitted, mm -hmm. you can actually be faced with the situation where, oh, hey, you're two weeks after acceptance and because your agent didn't put a time yeah, I just, limit. I just got another offer yeah, at Yeah, I just got another offer at 210. I was like, wait a minute, we already agreed on 206. Well, there are no... It didn't say that, you know, we had to have the competing offers accepted on or before the date of our offer or a specific calendar date. Well, I, I was able to pull up two templates of accelerator clauses from two of the largest real estate firms yes. in Milwaukee. And they do. The template has the time limit uh, boilerplated in yeah. there. Yep. So you want to, you know. Everybody's natural <clears throat> assumption is that whatever agent they're working with, who's probably a really nice gal or guy, a really nice person, that they're really good at their craft. Well, this is one area where details really, really matter. Mm -hmm. And you need to have all the details in writing, you know, when you're exercising this strategy. All right, you know, it's time for a break. When we come back, let's just share that uh, detail of, you know, kind of the best way to do it, because we think we've got a couple examples. And then uh, I've also got a story uh, about somebody who made a really strong offer and lost out uh, this week. We'll cover both of those Ooh. things when we come back. All right. You're listening to the Accunate Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Flint, Michigan was the first major U.S. city to have trouble with lead in the water, but others have followed suit. A new book takes a deep dive into all aspects of the water crisis. Gene Miller talks to the author at 7.51 tomorrow 
on the Monday edition of Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ News Time is 1044. I feel like I'm going to class today and learning so much about stuff. Let's see. Started off with uh, gifting, accelerator clause. Yep. You got a good story coming up yep. in a little bit, too, so I'm looking yeah, forward to that. Yeah, we got a good story. So, um, so let's just finish off on that accelerator clause. That's where you're, as a buyer, you're saying, hey, I'm, I really want this house, and Mr. Seller, I will offer you X amount, $200,000 in our example, but I'll pay you $1,000 more than any other offer you get, bona fide offer. you got to show it to me, and I'll, but then I'll go up to a maximum price of fill-in-the-blank. We were using $215,000. Mm-hmm. Now, more details are required than what I just explained because one thing is you have to cut off when the time period is that competing offers can be submitted. All right, so you want to be specific about that. Another thing we were just talking about off the air is, oh, is it the gross price being offered? Or or what if this other offer says, well, hey, you know what? Um, I'll offer you $215,000, but I want you to pay for $5,000 of my closing costs and prepaids. Well, if you are silent on that, yeah, that's a problem. So you want to specify whether it's, net of any seller concessions. Uh, what was another thing you were looking at that we want to specify? Possibly a home warranty or any other repair costs. As an expense. Okay. Yep. All right. So um, the takeaway, did you just want to cover the one that you had that's a really good one? Or the, the definition of net price? Yeah. Well, purchase price minus monetary contributions by seller, including but not limited to closing costs, repair costs, and a home warranty, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So timing, the dollar amount, Guess what? Turns out that in real estate contract drafting, the details matter, <laughs> sort of like mortgage lending. The devil lies in the details. So I was involved in, in helping some uh, buyers attempting to buy a second home, a lake property. And, you know, lake properties can be expensive. So this was well over a million dollars. And uh, they didn't get it, even though they were just like a skosh under the asking price, big down payment. They waived the appraisal contingency. Wow. That, that's a big give up. Especially on a big house. And they didn't get the offer. And and so I'm, I was like, how did they not get the offer? Well, now that we're talking about this, well, maybe the other offer had an accelerator clause. Don't forget the seller might also choose to not sell, too. No, but they did. I, they, you know for sure well, that well, they... Well, we're told okay. that the seller accepted another offer. You know, and sometimes it's more than price. Sometimes it's emotion. Did they get a counter or it was just like, nope? No, no, they didn't get a counter. It was cold-hearted and, hmm. you know, or maybe the other offer was a cash offer, you know, because <laughs> even though they were making a big down payment, well, right. what would trump that? Cash Same deal with a cash offer and no appraisal contingency. Hmm. Or maybe it was the inspection, you know. So hard to tell, but, and surprising at that price level, but it was a really attractive property. So just, you, you never know. It is a battle out there at all price levels. So your advice would have been, Maybe to include an accelerator clause? You know what? I didn't think of it. and I wasn't their agent. I was just their mortgage guy. Right. They could have included an accelerator clause or done any number of things, but it didn't work well, out. Well, not just at that price point, but at in other neighborhoods where there's just not enough inventory, that might be the bow in your quiver you might need. Which, the accelerator clause? Yeah. 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 Or, you know. It can be any number of things. All right, another uh, transaction that I had, uh, or two calls in quick succession. I don't know if it was all this week or over the course of weeks. First-time homebuyers putting less than 20% down where they said, you know, I really don't want to escrow for property taxes or insurance. And so I took this tact, which I thought was kind of clever. So I said, well, actually, you you don't have to escrow for property taxes or insurance 
if you're able to come up with a 20% down payment. Yeah. So, yes, this is an option. No problem. But they were both like putting 5% down. And so then, though, because I, I want to be educational, I explained that the, re the reason behind requiring escrows with less than 20% down is twofold. Number one, the standard mortgage document, which is the 16-page document that lays out all the rules of ownership, hey, it requires you to keep the property in good repair, no hazardous materials, and to keep the property taxes paid and the place insured. And the reason that that's so important to a first mortgage lender is if you don't pay the property taxes, the unpaid property taxes skip ahead of the first mortgage in the lien priority mm -hmm. list. And so actually, when you have 20% down, we as lenders are actually granting a waiver to that kind of standard provision in the mortgage that says you will escrow for taxes. And so, of course, then after we talked about this, they did not want to make the 20% down payment and then fully understood that, oh, this isn't so bad. And you can still get that bundle pricing with your homeowner's insurance as well. Right. It turns out the second person I talked to was worried about, well, I'm not going to get the bundle pricing if I don't pay the premium together with my auto and my home. No, no problem. No. Home, homeowner's insurance companies are hip to this. Yes. This isn't their first time around the block, but it is for the first time home buyer. All right, when we come back after this last break, let's talk about where interest rates ended the week and I got maybe one other story I can slip in after we come back. All right, and you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Okay, Brian and David, we're going to catch up on some rates at this point. Am I correct? You bet. So at the close of business on Friday, we got economic news coming up this week, by the way. So uh, jobs these, report. These could be up, down, or sideways between now and next Sunday. But 25% uh, equity and all the other right stuff on a $200,000 loan. Acunet could offer 4.625% with an APR of 467 that's with $1,100 in loan costs. Mm. If you would prefer the zero loan cost option at that same 25% uh, equity, $200,000 loan, it is just an eighth difference in rate, 4.75%. The APR is the same. What's the uh, payment difference on that, David? <clears throat> the payment difference is a whopping 15 American dollars. $15. So if you take the $1,100 and you divide it by the 15 Wait, I got that. It's six and a half years. Okay. So that's the information we give people. We show it to them side by side, right on their computer screen. They're looking at the loan consultant computer screen. We give people choices. Truth. All right. Uh, if you want that 15-year, uh, you want me to do 3.99? I love the trophy rate oh, of 3.99. Okay. So I mean, if you're going to pay off your mortgage, why not, why not get the trophy rate? Get after it. So 3.99% is with an APR of 4.18, but it would run you $2,800 in cost. Okay, versus the, do you have a, a zero loan cost option? I do. I'm going to bet that that's 4.25. It is 4.25%, but I can knock $500 off of your cost, so 4.25% is an APR of 4.322 just $695 oh cost. 695 interesting All right. you bet can I just I know I said this last week but yeah. I'd be being on the front lines I don't know if anybody was had their you know stopwatch out on how fast I was able to put together numbers right oh. after you said yeah but that is a real it kind of just amazes us when we're talking to people on the phone that other lenders a don't put it in writing and B can't, Don't put it. Can't, in. can't get you that number all that quick. Right. Yeah. Hey. I want, yeah. What's your rate and closing cost? Right. No problem. I'll Let get me back to you. Can I have that in writing? Yeah. Maybe by tomorrow. Right. 
Like, no, we're, we're into... Well, and when you're looking at your loan consultant's screen, mm-hmm. a loan consultant can literally do it live in front of you. Hey, by the way, we're still able to get some loans closed by the end of August. If you've got a tight real estate agents that we have out there, you know, if you've got somebody needs to close by the end of August, we can handle it. Yeah. We've got great appraisal um, appraisers on our panel, and, uh, you know, we've got to get on it. Right. But that is still doable. We'd love to help you out with that. Um, what else can we say? Interest rates, what are the chances of the Federal Reserve hiking rates here? Except they are meeting this coming week, by the way, but they are yeah. widely expected to do absolutely nothing. Okay, so they, they, it is 97.5% odds they will do nothing. Okay, that's pretty good. But what about the chances of them hiking rates again so in September? In September, is a quarter is already at 90.3%. And it could go up a half is another uh, well, is 2%? Well, 2.3%. <laughs> I mean, with the GDP number coming out on... Um, Friday. Yes, Friday. Yeah. That that stands for gross domestic product, the value of all goods and services created in the second quarter wow. in this seventeen trillion dollar economy. That fourth rate hike is already flirting with sixty three percent in December. And by that you mean the fourth rate hike this year. Right. So Prime will be at five and a half. Yeah, by it, by Christmas. The odds are in favor of the prime rate being at five and a half percent by Christmas, which is going to impact your home equity line of credit. And your credit cards, anything else tied to the prime rate. Right. Including your arms, too. If you have a correct uh, rate adjustment coming up pretty soon. Yes, because short-term rates are increasing of all stripes, the prime rate being just one of those. Mm -hmm. But the other one that's your adjustable rate mortgage, if you have like an adjustable rate first mortgage, is called LIBOR, uh, and that's going up, too. So, uh, you know, still time, you know, still kind of living in this weird world where long-term fixed rate mortgages are, you know, solidly starting with the number four, mm-hmm. or in the case of a 15-year fix, you can get the 3.99 15-year fixed. Probably best. Nobody ever uses a 15-year fix to buy a home. A very rare. I think I've done seen two of them this year. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, 30 years is the tool of choice, but 15 years for people who want to maybe consolidate their debts and pay them off, you know, before they retire. But if you're like me, David, I'm yep. going to die with a big mortgage balance <laughs> so that you can take care of, you know, uh, paying that off. That's my plan. Oh, joy. The uh, jobs report will come out uh, this coming Friday. Yeah. And that is oftentimes a market mover. I mean, frankly, every day I wake up and mortgage rates haven't, like, jumped up by a quarter point. I'm like, wow, Woo. this is cool. We're, you know, dodging another bullet uh, day after day. Um the thing to do if you're out there, you know, this is going to be a good time, I think, in August. I'm, I'm predicting that the house buying season is going to extend, um, you know, into the fall more than normal sure. because of our unusually tight inventory. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to have the best possible chance of getting that property into the contract, we'd love to help anybody who's just kind of getting started uh, with their home buying process. Or if you want to switch, you know, if you've been with... Uh, you know, your bank for your pre-approval and a not-so-good buyer's agent and you've written 10 offers and haven't succeeded, maybe you need to upgrade Yeah. and switch over to Acunet for a rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval. And then maybe we can help you find a buyer's agent who knows how to be aggressive in getting that accepted offer while still being safe. You can um, get started with a rock-solid guaranteed pre-approval by giving us a call or clicking on the blue button. And you're going to find both of those items, our phone number and the blue button, at our website which is A-C-C-U-N-E-T.com. That's all we've got for this week. Mark, we'll see you back here next week when it'll be August. Have yeah, a good day. already, already. Hey, we enjoyed the show. Great, helpful information, guys. Thank you so much.
And we'll see you next week, same time on WTMJ. WTMJ News Time is now 10.58. The preceding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of Accident Mortgage and Accident Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.